A Very Filthy Advent Calendar 2021 Day 16 Stranger Than Kindness Written by Auntie Kate and read by Literarian For the prompt, Degradation Crowley had been like this for what felt like hours. Arms tied carefully but firmly behind his back with soft rope, softer than he'd like, but Haziraphale had insisted. He'd wanted rough jute to chafe and scratch at his skin, but Haziraphale had laid conditions on the whole exercise. Standards. Fussy thing. They're not your wrists, Crowley had argued, but Aziraphale was a core of solid steel beneath all those layers and refused to budge. A silk scarf was wrapped around his eyes multiple times so nothing showed through but the barest hint of light at the edges. Aziraphale had ruled out sacking, hessian, burlap. They'd compromised, again. Ridiculous notion for a demon. When the demons ever compromise. Treaty, parley, bargain. Beg. Time had slowed to something dense and liquid, pooling around him, collecting in the hollow of his throat and deep in his lungs and the base of his spine. He was waiting but not patiently. Every sound from the room beyond, every movement of air or something else, every hint that something was going to happen made his skin crawl. Not fear, but a twitchy, desperate anticipation. For Satan's sake, how long was he going to have to wait? How long was he going to have to kneel here on the parquet floor, his cock achingly, maddeningly hard and leaking steadily onto his thighs, his arse gone numb from the pressure of his heels? No matter how much time it took for the angel to finish up in the shop below, it would be both too long and not long enough. He could faintly hear Christmas carols from the old phonograph. Bing fucking Crosby. He'd heard White Christmas at least twice already. Then a step, a tread on the creaking floor outside. A deliberate noise, a warning. He shifted himself straighter lifted his chin defiantly. The door opened and steps approached where Crowley knelt on the floor. Aziraphale had wanted to give him a rug or cushions, but he'd rejected those and stood firm, even as Aziraphale argued, I can't see why you can't be comfortable while you wait. Crowley hadn't known how to explain why the discomfort was important. There weren't words for it, for the wanting. It's just, just what I need. 
Aziraphale's bright edge of worry softened to something fond, and he acquiesced, eventually, to Crowley kneeling on the hard wooden floor when Crowley agreed to the softest rope and the silk blindfolding. Now Aziraphale was here, in the room. He'd stopped a few feet away, and the knowledge he was standing so close, watching, made Crowley's whole body feel electrified. Every nerve ending sparking. A step closer. The air moved. Crowley got a hint of angel smell, just the faintest whiff of him. His mouth watered. A hand touched his jaw, a thumb traced over his mouth. He jolted back from it, as if burned. And the sensation was almost like burning. Almost too much against his skin. His cock jerked as if stroked too, liquid pulsing from it, and he ground his knees harder into the floor to stave off the rush of pleasure. It's all right, it's just me, Aziraphale said reassuringly, like he was speaking to a frightened animal. After hours of only muffled sound and his own breathing, Aziraphale's voice seemed almost unnaturally loud. Who else would it be? Santa Claus? Crowley creaked out. I rather hope not. I'm not sure the old boy's heart could take it. I could barely take it downstairs. Thinking about you up here, waiting so patiently for me. Aziraphale tilted his jaw up further, and even behind the blindfold, Crowley could feel his gaze intense enough to cause a sunburn. I had to shut up shop early. I couldn't bear another moment away from you. Crowley heard him move a little, shift closer, and then further back. As if he'd gone to touch Crowley, then thought again. Crowley swallowed. He pulled against his bonds a little, tipped his shoulders back, and arched his spine to ease some of the strain. Was Aziraphale looking at him hungrily now? He'd spent so long wanting Aziraphale to look at him and really see him, and when he did, it was impossible to take. It was easier with the blindfold on, so he couldn't see Aziraphale's face. That was the point of the blindfold entirely, to reduce the things Crowley couldn't bear down to the inescapable. Let's get on with it. Patience is a... Yep, got it, virtue, I know. And not one of yours. Demon, virtue-free zone here. Aziraphale scoffed softly. <laughs> so insistent on that, aren't you? The hand retreated, 
and Crowley moved his head towards it in absence for a moment, like an animal chasing a stroking hand, a wanting, revealing gesture. No, that wasn't the game they were playing today. Instead, they were doing this humiliating thing instead. Beyond humiliating. God, he wanted it so badly. And have you behaved for me? Aziraphale asked softly. No, Crowley replied reflexively. The whisper of fabric and then the touch of Aziraphale's hand on the side of his face again, the softest brush down to his neck. Oh, but I can see you have. You haven't moved. You've been so terribly obedient, waiting for me here on your knees. You did what I asked. That was a depth charge inside him. He gritted his teeth, ignored the urge to whimper. Didn't leave me much choice, did you? I suppose not. But you could have called out, made a terrible fuss and bothered my customers, and you didn't. You've been ever so patient. Crowley clenched his fists behind his back, digging his fingernails into his palms. It was already awful, and Aziraphale had barely begun. From his left came the sound of water being poured from a jug into a glass. Then the hand was back on his jaw, tilting it up, and then the cool curve of the glass against his bottom lip. Here, you need water. Not thirsty, he said, and pressed his lips tightly together in refusal. Crowley. I must insist that you drink. I won't have you collapsing from thirst, and you've been here for such a long time. Drink for me, please. Grudgingly, Crowley parted his lips and took a small sip of water. Once more, Aziraphale urged, and Crowley swallowed again. There, that's better. More sounds. The glass carefully placed back on the tray. Fabric brushing on fabric. His coat first, then the bow tie, Crowley guessed, both carefully laid on the empty bed. Clinks as he removed his cufflinks and put them in the little dish on the bedside table, and then more soft rustling. Was he rolling up his sleeves? He could feel him moving, his footfalls sending the most minute vibrations up through his knees, the air swirling around Aziraphale's body sending ghost currents stroking against his skin. And he could smell him more and more too, the longer he was in the room the heat of him warming up the space like sunlight falling over Crowley's cold body 
waking him from a long torpor. With the soft scuffing of leather-soled boots, Aziraphale came to stand in front of him again. Oh, your poor niece, he said regretfully. Fine, could do this for another week. I've a cushion right here. No cushion and stop fussing. He held himself rigidly still. Tell me what you've been doing. How many customers did you scare away? Did anyone have the gall to ask for gift wrapping? Aziraphale laughed. <laughs> no, let's not talk about that. I'd much rather talk about you. Boring topic. Oh, I don't think so. To me, you're the most fascinating subject in the whole world. My dear. He dropped a hand onto Crowley's shoulder, sending another shower of sparks through Crowley's body. Why won't you let me tell you? Aziraphale had said in the dark. Why won't you let me show you? And Crowley had stood and left rather than listen. Now there was no choice, and he felt both overheated and chilled as Aziraphale's thumb stroked over and over his collarbone. So lovely, Aziraphale murmured, and Crowley had to bite his lip to keep himself from making some awful, revealing sound. If you could only see yourself. You're an utter vision, my darling, delicious boy. Liar, Crowley said, struggling to get the word out. Bloody liar. Shh, we shan't have any more arguing, shall we? You're so beautiful like this, so vulnerable, so obliging. Shut it. Aziraphale's other hand gripped his face again with a firmer hold this time, more insistent. That's enough of that. Stop me, why don't you? Come on, you know what else my mouth is good for, don't you? I've been thinking about it for hours, about you coming in here and fucking my face. Aziraphale sucked in a breath, then let it out again, slowly. If you insist. There was the sound of fabric shifting once more, then Aziraphale was urging his head forward, gentle but impeccable, and Crowley could smell him before his cock even touched his lips. Sweet, sunshine, and the thick, musky note of arousal. Then the slick, firm head pressing against his mouth. He opened wide and took him down as deep as he could, until his nose brushed against the skin of Aziraphale's belly. 
He waited for Aziraphale to pull back and thrust into his mouth. They both enjoyed that. Crowley especially liked it when Aziraphale was reckless with Wand, when it made him rough and incoherent. When he was too busy being thoroughly fucked to say things. But instead, Aziraphale curled his fingers in his hair and held him still. Such a marvellous idea. And now I'm going to talk, and you're going to listen, Aziraphale murmured. You don't have a choice, which is rather delightful, isn't it? So this was it then, the main event, the revelation that he had knelt all day for, the thing he'd been longing for and dreading in equal amounts, and Crowley was fixed in place, pinned, trapped. Here, Aziraphale said reverently, in that tone that he knew Crowley hated. Soft. Tender, fond, besotted even. You're the most beautiful thing in the world. You have been since the first dawn. Since I first saw you, brighter than the sunrise itself. Crowley moaned an objection around the thickness of Aziraphale's prick, and Aziraphale let out a shaky laugh. Well, of course I thought you were beautiful then and have ever since. But do you know the moment when I truly understood how brave you were, how kind, was when you rescued me from the bombs, and my books too? That's when I understood it, really. You always looking after me, always doing for me. You've always been good to me, always. You've always been so very brave and true. He could make it end right now, he knew. Make Aziraphale stop the degradation of these oversweet words, the awful endearments Aziraphale had been so desperate to whisper. He could snap his fingers and it would all be over. Aziraphale wouldn't hold him down, not if he really tried to get away. Instead, he squeezed his eyes shut behind the blindfold, and swallowed Aziraphale down even deeper, impossibly deep, as far as he could take him. Aziraphale let out a breathy gasp. No, no, not yet. I'm not done yet. Please, darling, I have so much to tell you, so much time to make up for. Crowley felt like a high-tension wire thrumming in the air. His cock strained into the air helplessly, and his every muscle stretched taut and expectant, 
the orgasm building in his belly and balls, heat racing through his veins. You're doing so well, so very well. Aziraphale sounded desperate now too, and his hips had started twitching. Tiny half-thrusts. My sweet, kind, lovely one, darling, dearest, my very own heart, you've been such a good boy. There's never been anything like you in all the world. I love you. Christ, it was unbearable, those simple, stupid words. He couldn't stop it now, the agonizing rush, his cock pulsing hard against nothing, hot liquid splashing up over his chest and probably all over Aziraphale's shoes and trousers too. Electric pleasure and shame and humiliation and joy stretching out and out for a long moment of freefall. As soon as he came back to himself, he miracled his hands free from the ropes and scrabbled at Aziraphale's thighs, trying to force him deeper into his throat. Aziraphale finally, finally relented, and together they set an awkward rhythm, hands and hips and mouth, pushing and pulling, until Aziraphale shouted, and salt flooded Crowley's mouth. He sucked and licked and swallowed again and again until Aziraphale made a soft whimper and weakly pushed him away. He sank back onto his aching haunches once more and pulled the blindfold down. Aziraphale had stumbled to the bed and now sat on its edge, Trousers at his knees, shirt untucked, face flushed, his cock softening against his white curls. The room was bathed in low, golden light from the setting December sun, and Crowley thought, almost hysterically, that Aziraphale had never looked more angelic than he did in that moment. Rumpled and pink with pleasure. He crawled forward and pressed his face into the expanse of bare thigh. Aziraphale's hand descended again and gently stroked along the nape of Crowley's neck. I meant every word, Aziraphale said finally, softly. I know, Crowley muttered into his skin. I know. And that was all either of them said for quite some time. The End